I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. Today, we have such an exciting guest. I'm so, so excited to have this person on because she is someone that I've actually known since high school, and we reconnected in New York, and I feel like the first dinner that we had, it was just like instant connection. I feel like there's something about being in Arcadian that like really bonds you together because we went through the same like traumas. <laughs> we went through similar backgrounds and just like upbringings. And there's something like really like connects you. Like even when Christine was like watching her videos, she's like, wow, there's a level of understanding that we have for one another. I didn't say that. I was like, she's a true Arcadian. Yeah, she said, she said, she said oh, she's a true Arcadian. <laughs> um, but she is someone who brings so much light in my life and whenever I have a conversation with her she's just so positive and uplifting and inspirational and it's been incredible watching her journey of growing her YouTube channel actually growing two YouTube channels and like just Oh, I just she, she just is like everything that you wish you could be in regards to like Aww. reading and writing and journaling and everything. And so I admire her so much. And so welcome to our podcast, Rowena Sai. Thank you guys so much for having me. This whole time during the intro, I was looking at Christina Regina with the biggest smile on my face, looking like a fool. No, <laughs> so touched. Thank you. We are so, so touched. So much excited. joy. Yeah, much, much joy. joy. Much joy. We are so so excited to have you on this has been a lot of recording that's been a long time coming yes regina when she like which is in new york she was like oh my god i just reconnected with rowena and i love her to death you know <laughs> and then ever since then i'm so glad that you guys have stayed connected yeah. and then now get officially meet you in person and it's amazing and it's awesome just seeing who you are online with your content and what you represent and just how approachable and relatable you are and then now in person getting to talk to you i'm like oh you feel that but like a hundred times more so god that's so sweet yeah by the way i i was really good friends with your brother in high school <laughs> wait what yeah <laughs> Really? I was a freshman when he was a senior. And when I saw the two of you guys together in a photo, I was like, Gina, what? <laughs> Wait, do you think we look alike? <laughs> you Not guys, really. I think they now, look alike. Now, like, what, I can see it now. Yeah. But then I didn't put it like, together. Some people are always like, no, you guys don't look alike at all. I don't think we look alike. But then other people are like, oh my god, you guys totally oh, look alike. I see it. I think I you guys totally look alike. I think it's when I saw it, it. Then I, I, I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. But then when I saw it, I was like, oh, it makes sense. Oh, makes sense. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, how did you know him in high school? I think I don't know. It was like the. the... Rowena was always like that cool like freshman who hung no. out with the upperclassmen. Oh. <laughs> Also, like, freshmen's like, oh, my God, senior boy. And like, BBB Mac. Like, all of their friends were just like, oh, my God, they're so cool. But, yeah, Arcadia had a very weird hierarchy. And I feel like because of that, we have this mutual understanding of yeah. one another where we're like, we came from this really weird, warped reality yeah. that was very real for all of us. Yeah. And I think that, in a way, like, we all tried to fit ourselves into a mold. But I think that there was something calling in us that, like, didn't quite fit in or like kind of we didn't really go with the flow the yeah. way that everyone else seemingly did right and I think that's the part where you know now that we're older you can look back and be like well growing up in the city growing up with our immigrant parents it makes a lot of sense that we were all kind of like told and pressured in the same way to seek external validation about certain things that we had no understanding about you know like getting into UCLA getting into Harvard like I had no idea what that meant other than yeah. I saw my older cousin who had gotten into like UC Berkeley and stuff getting so much love and adoration from my grandma and you know they put him on a pedestal and stuff so to me at a younger age that was what you aspire to be not knowing at all the context of what that meant mm -hmm. so I think that's the part at least for me as I got older but not understanding it but feeling a lot of things because I essentially I think what it was is like I, I realized I couldn't be those things at least 
unless I try, tried really, really hard, which I think. But I'm even not, sometimes when you try really hard, it's like yeah. I'm not gonna get a 5.0. I'm not gonna get a full score of out of SAT. Yeah. Like, it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. On top of being ASB president, on yeah. top of joining like you know three extracurriculars, uh, things, yeah. volunteering, yeah. and then going to tutoring. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, you just it's just like always in a sense keeping up. Mm-hmm. And I think my perspective at the time, even in as early as like maybe tail end of elementary school to middle school, definitely high school, it was like always just trying to keep up because everyone at your age group was already in honors like two levels ahead of whatever, right? And you're like, what the heck? I don't even understand algebra yet. (laughs) I actually don't know how I got away with this, but I never took calculus or physics in high school. I never took physics. Yeah, like ever. Wait, but did you take it in college? No. Oh, what? Yeah, I somehow maneuvered my way around this, but I do remember like going from like middle school to high school. I think that was the first time that I ever actually felt like pressured to be like, oh, I need to get these AP classes. (laughs) And then I got them and then I got into the class and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Like everybody was like, I did. I got into both and I was just like... Uh, did you hear even now at age 35 I'm like oh you got yeah. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> but like I remember being so like overwhelmed and like not knowing what to do with myself like yes I passed that like barrier to get in yeah. but to like to stay like to keep up and yeah. like to stay yeah. kind of in the APs and on that track I was just like very overwhelmed and I like it did not bode well for me. <laughs> I dropped out. I got into AP Calculus and AP English yeah. my junior year, and I was uh-huh. like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped out of AP tried, English. I dropped out of AP English junior year yeah. as well. I recently told Regina, which I found out in, like, I think it's just Arcadia, but even Alhambra, Alhambra High School, you don't have to test to get into AP or honors. You just okay, sign up for the classes. Wild Did concept. you know that? No! Rowena's <laughs> <laughs> face is just like, what? <laughs> you, what does that even mean? I know, that blew my mind because that's how the rest of the country works. We have to test in to qualify to get in. That's wild. So, yeah, I think even that, just the amount of pressure and already being ranked. At a certain yeah. I mean, we, we understand that growing up in an Asian household, like, at age two, you're already being ranked next to your brother. Like, he eats better than you, you know? <laughs> Why can't you be more like this? Yeah, yeah. Michael, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I completely understand. So for you, Rowena, when you were like in, let's say like just middle school, high school, like yeah. how was that for you when you realized this wasn't for you? Like yeah. I know you said that you were, as I think I was too, really chasing the cool in mm-hmm. high school. But then what in it did you start to distinguish this was you, like volleyball you liked or didn't yeah. like or ASB you liked or didn't like? What did you start picking out that was you and wasn't you? I think I was really confused even when I got into college, even well into college. I think like out of everything we talked about, it's kind of like as a person, I feel like to be okay and to know who you are, you need to know what you value and why you're doing the things that you're doing. And I think when we're younger, because we're chasing validation from external sources, be it like our friends or our parents, it's like, oh, you know, get good grades, get into AP classes. Like, okay, check, I did this. And we, we all did that, right? Yeah. You get in and we're like, ah, it's kind of scary. You're like, I don't really want this or this isn't what I thought it was. And you like don't want to do it or you want to quit or you do something else. And I think that's where like the resistance starts coming of you doing what you think you should do. But what you think you should do is not what you know you truly want to do like deep within it's like what other people around you is doing or what like your parents are telling you to do yeah um and I think middle school high school and college it's all of that you know get good grades get into APs do well in in your SATs go to a good college do well in college get a good job you know make a lot of money get have a good life for yourself have kids buy a house maybe buy a house before kids because like you know you need to be stable before (laughs) babies come yeah and then you live a good life and then like they don't really talk to you about the rest of what happens after but like because they're figuring it out yeah and and then you die right (laughs) i think i've never subscribed to that like i think growing up it's like okay i did that for most of my life you know up until high school it's like okay you know i think this is what everyone should do this is you know like college sure let's do that but then when I really took a step back to look at everything. I was like, wait, but what does that add up to? It doesn't add up to anything. You know, I think for us being humans to use our brains to be able to speak and articulate and feel things as deeply as all of us feel, yeah. probably listening to this podcast, we all have a lot of feelings. <laughs> Hold a lot. Yeah. Um, for us to be who we are, like, I think that there's bigger purposes and reasons for our existence than just to live and to enjoy a life for yourself. 
And I think when I started questioning that, that was maybe towards like end of college when I was like, ah, wait, like existential crisis. Why am I here? Who am I? Like, what is the purpose of my life? And then everything that we've been taught, everything that we thought we should do, I think that just crumbled. It's kind of like Matrix or any of those like crazy movies when you like red pill yourself, where it's like, wait, everything that I thought (laughs) was true about my life and what I should do, like it's all, it's not that it's a lie, but it's just, it's all an illusion that you kind of put up for yourself. It's like not the absolute truth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then we grow up thinking it is yeah. because like parents and peers and dude, like five point GPA out of four point <laughs> Can we just think about that for a second? Wait, is, it, is that even possible to get five? Wait, it if you're taking yeah. AP classes, if oh, you're taking honors shoot. classes, and if you get because uh, an A is a four out of four, yeah, right. But if you get an A in an AP class or an honor class, it's a five out of four. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. See, Rowena was on like a different level. <laughs> no, 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 no. But this is just because of like. Like cousins, right? Yeah. My cousins yeah. are like super yeah. high achieving, like yeah. ASB president, yeah. all four years. Like that was he was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, and the thing is that lifestyle that you were describing of that, like, go to college, get a good job, make good money, buy a house. Like our friends are on that trajectory. Yeah. Like we're in the trajectory. Like Rowena and I are in that trajectory where like our friends are now like getting married and having and like thinking about having kids. Yeah. Christine's at the point where like her friends are having the kids, having the second kids and third yeah. kids. You know. <laughs> And so, like, they're very tired people. Yeah, they're very <laughs> exhausted. And, but, like, they did everything that was, like, quote-unquote right, that our parents had set out for them. And then you have the three of us who are, like, no, we want to do, yeah, we're doing media, we're doing podcasts. And they're, like, what is this thing you put on the internet? You yeah. know, like, they just really didn't have that concept. Like, to this day, my parents are, like, I don't know what a podcast <laughs> is. It, they, they talk, it goes on the internet, people listen. I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that my parents... Don't know. I mean, like uh, the amount of stuff that I am honest about. I'm like, I'm okay with that, but I'm not okay. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe it's for the best. But I think that that took a long time for us to really dive in deep and like kind of going off of what you were saying. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is the meaning of life? What is the point of life? If we want to get very existential about it. Yeah. And I think that for all of us, there was this inner calling that we were like we see other people kind of making an influence and not to say that we're like oh we're these amazing people who will make a difference but it's like I feel like we had this like urge in us to be like we have a story and we want it to be told and we want other people to and if other people can relate like that would make us so happy Mm -hmm. and so kind of going through that process what were like the initial thoughts that you had and like what were like the steps that you took to thinking like hey let me try a youtube channel i don't know where to start there's so (laughs) many like there's so many things to hit well when we talk when we bring it back into from like very this this great like abstract almost concept of like you know you gotta know your values which i totally i think you definitely do right but then how do we break it down into terms for people to executable things that they can do which i think i love what you said about values because that's something that i say a lot too where it's defining your values Mm -hmm. and the earlier you can do that the faster you can know yourself it's like it explains where you speak a lot about knowing your northern star right your values come from your northern star because they're what guides you unconsciously so the more the faster you can be conscious about it the more that you can be like oh so this is why i get so mad when someone says a Mm -hmm, b and c mm -hmm. or this is why i get so inspired by when i see somebody else do this or i get jealous because those are the values that you see and you value for your own life but articulating that so what are some ways for you that you realize in your journey and your wealth of knowledge that like (laughs) you had to execute and find out for yourself the first thing, like the first wake up call would be my brother passing away when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Older brother, he was 19. It was like a really random accident that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that as sad and tragic as that is, it was what really helped me understand and internalize or start questioning. Actually, that was what started me questioning like, okay, why, why do we exist? Why did this happen? You know, why is someone born and then taken away so suddenly and so randomly? Um, There must, to me, I was like, because I'm innately, I think a pretty positive, optimistic person. I was like, there must be a bigger reason why. And I'm not going to stop until I find that bigger reason. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it took maybe four or five years, you know, finished up high school, went to college, 
did the things, checked off the boxes, joined a business fraternity, you know, went to business school, like did all these things that were, you know, cool and what we should do. And, you know, at the same time was drinking, partying, distracting myself with drinking and partying, thinking that I could find myself through drinking and partying and like going to raves and like trying different drugs and like, you know, doing fun stuff that we do as kids. But I think a part of me, I really wanted to figure out why. Like, why it happened to my brother and why do I exist? And, you know, what is the meaning of life? But I think because these aren't easy questions, like you don't just, it doesn't just come to you. You know, you don't just wake up one day, you're like, ah, I got the answers, you know? So I think because I was trying to, find answers to that and no one around me at that time I mean, when you're like 17 18 19 mm-hmm. no one's thinking about these things mm-hmm. or even if you are like no one's really talking about it because you don't you don't even know where to start or where to go with this conversation because you don't even know yourself mm-hmm. so I think because I felt like I already felt alone and then because I had these thoughts I felt even more alone and then because I felt so alone I was like okay let's feel not alone by like going out and like you know turning to drinking yeah and like distracting myself Mm -hmm. well at the same time being very well aware that like it's in the back of my mind so I think when everything kind of came full circle was my senior year of college uh business fraternity brother also randomly passed away Mm -hmm. and when that happened I tried to do what I did with my brother which was I wanted to be really strong for my parents first and foremost and I wanted to be strong for my family and to show I guess my my peers that something really tragic can happen in your life but you can it's up to you to be strong right Mm -hmm. or it's up to you to figure out or decide how you react to these situations that happens to you in your life Mm -hmm. and so by being strong, my default was, as a very extreme person, is like, I'm just not going to feel. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel anything. So I don't want to, if anything, else, I don't want to feel sad. Mm. So I just blocked off feeling sad. But at that time, I didn't know that when you deprive yourself of one feeling, you're actually depriving yourself of, like, all of your feelings. Mm. So I also wasn't feeling, like, joy or happiness or any of, like, the positive feelings. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like a robot for those four years. And then when you know, my fraternity brother passed away. I tried doing what my what I did with my brother. It was, you know, blocking things off, not thinking about it. But it just, like, something was eating away at me to the point where I was like, okay, I think, like, I can't just overlook it or I can't just brush it off or I can't just not think about it. Mm. So I think that was when I realized, because um, during this time I was also probably, like, full-blown depression and, like, not okay, crazy anxiety can't sleep like I I can't sleep and this during this time is like 3 to 4 a.m like I won't be able to sleep even if I want to bed at 12 Mm -hmm. um which is understandable yeah yeah yeah. and I think when I realized I was like I don't want to be here anymore Mm -hmm. I don't want to be this low I don't want to be this unhappy I don't want to be this like not okay So for me to come out of that, I guess the most rational thing for me to do at that time, which actually is a pretty smart thing to do, I was like, I'm just going to feel. I'm going to let myself feel. I'm going to cry. I'm going to eat ice cream. I'm going to binge Mad Men. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'll go to class. I won't go to class. I'll talk to my professors about it. And I think I gave myself time. It was just there wasn't a limit to that I was like it could take a month it could take half a year it could take a year and just whatever happens I'm just gonna feel like embrace and just wallow and just accept myself and my feelings yeah and I think when that happened um it was bad like it was dark um mm. and during this time I'm just gonna throw it in I even like had like a mini episode of like an eating disorder too during this time mm. um just because like Instagram and everyone's skinny yeah. and like I want to be skinny so just everything much together yeah um but through this you know I think I ended up taking six months where I was just like I'm done like I'm I, I let myself feel I felt all the feelings and I don't like it. So like, let's do something about it. And I think that's when I started being more open to reading books, being more open to like spirituality, like greater calling, greater purpose. And then my mom during this whole time was like, you know, she practices Falun Dafa and she's like, hey, this book answers you wanted it's here it's been here your whole life I'm like no it can't be that easy (laughs) it's impossible but like you know because I was more open to reading books in general and just learning um that really helped pull me out of a really 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 dark place and I think out of all of that 
That was a lot. Um, no. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's like incredible, like hearing you allow yourself to get there. Because yeah. I think for me, like just hearing you go through that process, I was like, wow, I definitely remember the times when I would just suppress, suppress, suppress. And I'm forever. Like, yeah, forever. Like, it's easy. These, these, it's easy. It's easier that way. I don't have to deal with it. And it's just like, oh, I'll just like put it to the side and just like not worry about it. And that's so unhealthy. And I feel like allowing yourself to feel those feelings. Like, I feel like I always like, will kind of like let that door open and then it'll just flood out. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. We got to close it back. We got to close it back. You know? And it's like, I almost in a sense of like trying to protect yourself or like kind of keeping yourself like guarded. Yeah. And I feel like when you're guarded from yourself, (laughs) keeping yourself guarded from yourself, which is like not necessarily like the best thing because then you're not really allowing yourself to like, kind of feel all the emotions that you actually have and I totally understand that sense of like oh when you suppress the bad it's fine because you're neutral but then you're just neutral about everything and I feel like that's kind of some of the ups and downs that I've been going through where I feel like in the past year of moving back like there are times when I just feel numb and I'm like usually a very happy person and to feel numb and to not be that excited about things like that was scary and to not acknowledge that was even scarier yeah i mean like it makes a lot of sense because in a world where we realize we have no control what are the things that we can control Mm -hmm. and i think that's where it's hard to let go of things because if you can control something like your feelings or an eating disorder or whatever that's something that in our heads that's something that we can have some sort of grasp on that that's within our control but actually it's the exact opposite Mm -hmm. because like you said it's just another level of suppression that will come out like what happens with any type of suppression it just comes out exponentially bigger and greater and you'll feel the impact of it regardless that's the thing it seeps out in other ways which is why self-care is so important Mm -hmm. because we think we have it under control we think if we go out in the world and we're like oh at a level of professionalism we're good hey don't worry we got everything handled (laughs) we're cool everything's fine it seeps out in other ways, right? Mm-hmm. Because you see those people have really bad relationships with their parents or like self-destructive behavior, self-sabotaging, you know? So those are things that make a lot of, there's nothing wrong with you if that happens. And I think that's the part that since we were never taught that, we had to figure it out ourselves. And some people never figure that out because they're just like, oh, there's something wrong with me. How, why am I weak? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's the part that, especially growing up, Everything that we just gave you context about, about um, in our growing up in Arcadia, everything that's not that is weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one thing that, like, in our culture, is like, just suck it up. Yeah. Allergies, suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get over them eventually. Like, you can't eat gluten. Oh, just have more of it. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Asthma, bet. suck it up. Go yeah. run. <laughs> so it's like, there's nothing that you cannot overcome with that mental fortitude, which I get to a certain level, right? Because it's what you said. It's about like the mentality of it. But where is that intention coming from? Where is that true intention coming from? And that's the part where I think a lot of people that we talk to, even for us, right? We had to realize that and still figure out. Watching your videos, Rowena, you do a very good job of communicating and this place of the ups and downs of the seasons in your life. Mm. We were just talking about that, right? Can you talk more about that? Because I know some people, even when it clicks and you start shifting and adjusting things in your life to be like, okay, I want to be more self-aware and start developing better habits or not think this way and stuff. But then you'll go through periods where you're like, oh, why can't I just get it? You know, you get really, really frustrated at yourself. Mm -hmm. So like, how did you learn to go through those periods? I think it's learning to really accept and love yourself because I think growing up in Arcadia, we're really, really, really hard on ourselves. Yeah. And if we're not like operating at full capacity, doing a bajillion things at a time and doing like excelling in all of them, we're like, I'm a failure. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, I'm not good enough. Why? Yeah. But I think the older that I've gotten and I think, you know, listening to podcasts help, reading books help about these like people who we think as uber successful, right? Mm-hmm. Either they're like startup founders or these like really rich billionaires or, you know, these successful people. They're, I mean, they're all human, right? But then they're where they are and they're starting to share their knowledge. And a lot of that is just really honoring yourself and yeah. like honoring your body, honoring your mind, your brain, and just 
being okay with the changing of the seasons in your life. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we can't be one thing all the time as much as we want to, right? Yeah. One thing that I've learned is consistency is better than intensity. And I think maybe because we grew up, you know, in the circumstances we did, intensity for us, it's kind of what we've learned to do or operate on because mm-hmm. because we don't really want to do what our parents or what our peers wanted us to do. But like we kind of just would force ourselves to do, which is why I think we default more towards like intense bursts mm-hmm. and then we end up burning out. And then when we're burnt out, we're like, why? Like, why can't I operate like I did, you know, just a few months ago? Yeah. But I think realizing that you know, taking a step back, maybe you don't need to do 10 things at a time. Maybe you just do one thing, do it really well. And over time, that one thing will become the 10 things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's this pressure to improve at a drastic rate because yeah. of who you're trying to aspire to be like. Mm-hmm. And you see, like we say, like you see their, you know, page 3000 and you're at page one mm-hmm. yeah. and then so you're like oh my god i have to catch up or i have to like get to a certain point where if i don't start this brand and it sells like a million products or if i don't gain like a million followers in like the first month then i'm a failure mm-hmm. you know and it directly translates say for our upbringing of this i like i sincerely want to meet this person that my parents like my mom was always like oh, he went to harvard graduated this degree and now is a doctor and, blah, blah, blah. and then you're just like who is this person like he does everything perfect right and i think that's in our heads the stories that we tell ourselves when we see anybody that we think is doing amazing things and that we admire greatly because obviously we don't know that that person has probably maybe studied like you know 10 hours a day mm-hmm, to be able yeah. to get to mm-hmm. that point mm-hmm. and the same thing in today's culture like you know that Rowena sits at home and edits and records <laughs> and has to like her camera shuts off at like you, yeah. know, <laughs> you know and learning all the ins and outs of the little nuances that you'll never know because no people where people are starting to share that, you know? Yeah. For the longest time, nobody did. No one did. And, like, I feel like for our parents' generation, it was so much so of, like, everybody seeing everyone else's successes and being like, why is my child not like that? Hmm. Like, does what do I need to do to get my child to be like yeah. that? To get that future that I think that they should have. To get that future that is better than what I had. I think that that was, like, a huge, like, kind of tunnel vision for them. And so feelings and all these things are, like, I I don't care. Like, get over it. Like, these are the things that you need to be in order to be, like, a good member of society or, like, a functional person in society almost. And I feel like even when I would try to, like, talk to maybe my mom about it, she's just like, why do you have so many feelings about everything? Like, why can't you just do things like everyone else? And I remember that was something that was, like, really ingrained in me. And I think that that's why I have such a weird relationship with my emotions and feelings because I was always taught, like, feelings are bad, feelings are weak, feelings are excessive, they're a waste of time. And so I never was really able to, like, be that introspective until I was alone with myself. And I was like, oh, man, I have a lot of feelings. In the winters of New York. Yeah, right? When you're like, I don't want to go outside, there's no one to talk to, and I'm just, like, alone in my apartment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can understand why your mom was like that, because society is like that that's why women are seen as weak because we have so many feelings about things and that's still something that we as a society are still learning to adjust i think i was actually really 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 lucky in the fact that my parents were very open Mm -hmm. with whatever i did if anything they're like be good people Mm. and then school try your best good grades it's okay just be a good person do you think that this was like always like this or was it It like it's always been ever since Mm. like the earliest memories that i can remember so the pressure to like do all these things and keep up and get grades and join all was that pressure you put on yourself it's on me dude oh wow because i think my brother was he was he's always been smarter Mm. and i think when you have like an older sibling you you can only pick something that they're not as good as. And I think because my brother was so smart, he wasn't the best at, like, social or, like, empathy. Mm. So I think that's kind of what I picked up, where it's, like, he would he's very brain smart, and then I would just, like, I know how to talk to my parents, or I know how to, like, mm. talk to them in a way where they'll just let me do whatever I want to do. Mm. Um, so you're manipulative. <laughs> you, you could say that. I when I was little, I would lie to my mom about like the stupidest things. Oh, I'm gonna go spit in a bit, camp. But then I just like go to Big Bear with my friends and snowboard. But like I could just, I could have just told her. Um. But I don't know why I didn't. But anyway, because <laughs> it was cooler. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I think with the pressure, I think it's just like I really wanted to be cool. Mm. What did cool mean to you? I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I wanted, I think it's the this sense of external validation. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I didn't know what it meant to, I don't, I didn't know who I was and what I valued. I just wanted what other people were chasing. Yeah. And because what other people were chasing or what their parents or what society or what, you know, our peers are all doing, it just defaulted to getting good grades, doing the APs, student right. body and all of that. And yeah, I don't, like, I don't even know. Cool doesn't like, even mean anything. I feel like it's like a level of acceptance. Yeah. And then because of our warped reality that was being an ASB and yeah. getting good grades and all yeah. of that, like that's what warped into like your yeah. version of being cool. Like I'm sure yeah. if you went to another school... It that probably would have been different. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would have done sports and I would have done cheerleading mm-hmm. and something yeah. different. Yeah. And I realized looking back that maybe I felt this earlier on than most people. But I think around like junior high, early junior high, I started to realize I didn't like myself. Mm. And I didn't like how I was not like certain people that I liked. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't conscious of that. So I did the exact opposite was how do I get liked so then ah. I can like myself? That's where the external validation yeah. came from, right? Yeah. Because if other people liked me, then that gave me reason to like myself. Yeah. Mm. So that's kind of something that you can see as an adult, how that's morphed into mm-hmm. followers and numbers and all yeah. of that, right? Mm-hmm. So if other people like the content that I make or the stuff that I post, mm-hmm. that means that my stuff has value. Therefore, I have value. Yeah. Mm. You can see the seed of it, yeah. but then understanding that none of that actually matters because if you don't like your stuff, and you don't like who you are, then whatever you put out is actually, that's what we're talking about with intention, Yeah. right? If your intention is to be accepted and loved and get that external validation, what you're putting out, that seed of it comes from that. So it's not truly you because you have yet to discover who you really are because you don't really like you. So if you like you, whatever you put out comes out with that intention. So it's not to say that, okay, once you put it out and you like you and then people don't like your stuff, you're not going to feel a certain way. (laughs) But that's what we're talking about with the seasons, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's where you kind of have to weather the storm and understand, okay, so then I like this about me, but my mom says it's like not (laughs) successful. But if I still, still feel very strongly about it and I'm willing to test it out and go through those hardships, then that's the lesson. You may end up coming out realizing your mom was right. (laughs) But if you feel that strongly, because like we get the question a lot of like, well, how do you know when to pursue something or when to just drop it? Like when is enough enough? And I think if like that's when the value of understanding yourself, because then for yourself, you're willing to put in that time. But if you're putting in for other people, for external validation, that fume, like it runs out really quickly. Mm -hmm. You get burnt out, you get really upset and you start seeing parts of yourself at least for me that I really did not like so I don't know if you also had that same type of you guys well I know Regina's story Regina can share too but like (laughs) I don't know if you also shared moments of that especially when you were going through your dark times yeah when you started to acknowledge your feelings did you feel like in that sense it was well what did you I don't want to put words in your mouth like was it like searching for acceptance of you accepting yourself I think, okay, so in, in high school, I was, like, chasing this, like, factor of cool, right? And then yeah. I was a sophomore, hanging out with seniors. I thought I was the coolest thing ever. I started drinking when I was Oh, 15. my God, that was, like, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I totally, like, raised drinking. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was on that. And, like, my friends disowned me because... Like, they're all, like, good Christian yeah. girls who I don't think are like that anymore. But anyway, I mean, <laughs> all, of, all of them eventually tried the things that I tried, you know. Yeah. But, um, but you miscommunication. were so much cooler. Yeah. Miscommunication. Yeah. <laughs> um, bad timing. It's just bad timing, yeah. And then because I'm Sagittarius and I, I'm good at ghosting people, I guess this is a new thing that I learned. Oh. Like, <laughs> expert ghoster. I think all, like, the memes are like, Sagittarius, expert ghoster. I'm like, okay. So I just... <laughs> such a random fact. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I completely just cut off my my group of friends and started hanging out with older friends yeah. and it was great because I was living my, no 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 I was living my sophomore year second semester as a senior second semester see this is the Rowena that I remembered yeah. in high school it yeah. was just like it was so much fun like every weekend going to different ratchet parties and like wow. you know the, the cops would come the helicopters would show up that was, that was my life. Was that in Arcadia? Yeah. No, the, the parties are like Elmani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, not this is so like Arcadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but my friends graduated. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then yes. when they graduated, I was like, who are you now? Oh. Yeah. I have to be my <laughs> where, own where's, Where are my friends? Like, yeah. who do I eat lunch with? Like, I used to just 
go off campus as a sophomore was like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. And then what do I do? And I think that was when I learned for the first time that, okay, popularity, like, sure, I'm, you know, by textbook definition of whatever popular means, like, everyone knew me, yeah. right? People knew me. I just walked down the hallway. I know everyone, everyone knows me. But like, what does that even mean if I don't have like a home to go to or if I don't have friends to eat lunch with yeah oh, you know and sometimes thankfully my junior year I was on ASB so I would just eat in the room with whoever was there but then other times it's like okay well like what do I do and I think that was my first hit of wow I feel alone but then at the same time I knew like well you know I'm not really alone because my friends it's not that they're not my friends anymore they're just in college right so I would still see them every weekend mm-hmm. but then like during, you know, the grueling, what was it, like, eight to two or eight to three or whatever, when you had to sit in your seat and be in high school, I was just like, this sucks. Mm, And I couldn't wait to graduate. And I think that was kind of, like, my first dose of this, like, intense feeling of loneliness. And I think that was when I first started experiencing some sorts of, like, depression. Like, I, I would lose my appetite and then it will come back and I will eat a lot and I will gain some weight and I'll go work out of the gym. It's just like this really bad cycle. I think it, it started with the intensity. Yeah, yeah, that's when the intensity started coming. And I think in college, I learned to be a better friend. I learned to just be a better person in general. Right. But I think what really, really helped me was self-acceptance and just learning how to talk to myself. And learning how to treat myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like the voices in your head, the yeah. dialogues in your head. Yeah. Um, it can be like, why are you doing this again? Like, what is going on? Like, why are you like this? Why do you feel this way? Why are you so sad? You know, instead of that, I was like, how are you doing, friend? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you good? <laughs> do you need a friend to talk to? Like, I mean, I'm still working on that now. Yeah. Right? It's, it's taken this long. Um, but I think that time I learned that, oh, I can control the dialogue in my head because it's just me. Right, like it doesn't need to be this like beating myself down. It can be a, hey, questions like how are you doing? How can I help? You know, do you want to read a book today? No, let's do something else. You know, yeah. Yeah, it sounded like that was one of your first real experiences of what we thought was truth of when you're cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. your life will be like this. You yeah, know? it's amazing. This promise of like a brighter future. Yeah, yeah. and then to have that like essentially ripped Fizzled. away. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, oh my gosh, what am I left with? But myself now. Yeah. Because you're like popular means I have so many friends and everyone loves me and I love yeah. them. It's amazing. And then you're like, wait a sec. Okay, everyone knows me, but then do I really like? Do we really know each other? Yeah. And even then, thinking back, it's like, do you even really know? your you know senior friends and i'm not speaking for you but yeah. for me it was like it was all to run around drinking and doing drugs and raving yeah. did i know them <laughs> no no not at all not yeah, really you, you know you just like it was just the fun of it the distraction yeah. of like we're doing something that's yeah. like you know and then and obviously with drugs and and alcohol it distorts your reality right yeah. so then especially at that young age an impressionable age it's so much better to live in that, like, you know, yeah. like, just that. So to have a good time, not think about anything yeah, serious. with E, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I love you, you love me. But then at the end, when you wake up in that reality, that's where I realized, looking back now, I probably did fall into, like, bouts of depression because yeah. it was reality versus, like, being high is yeah. totally different. It's, like, also such a high high compared to such a real low. Yes. And yeah. it's, like, that drastic difference of, like, I remember talking to people and they were, like, oh, the happiest I've ever felt was on drugs. And I was, like, oh, that is depressing. Yeah. But to I think could about. relate at the time. <laughs> yeah, right? Where it's just, like, it feels like such a nice escape. Yeah. And it's, like, oh, I have, like, in that world, it feels very, like, easy and freeing and like no worries in the world and then coming back to it and I feel like this is why people get addicted on that high because they don't want to face the realities of that are just like staring them in the face you know Um, well like you said it's it feels better yeah Yeah. but then you always have to come off that high that's Mm -hmm. the thing one of the main things I think that I picked up on what you've shared and your story and what you really speak very eloquently and articulate very well, it's the just being okay with not being okay. Yeah. 
that's hard but mm-hmm. that's where it starts so like if people are out there thinking like oh what is wrong with me why is my life like this you're on to something yeah that actually is the beginning of this journey mm-hmm. yeah you know and i think that's where it's like oh do i have to like you know start meditating every day yeah. or do i have to start like altering get into religion no <laughs> it's just realizing the very thing that makes you human yeah. is what is going to start you on this journey of being self-aware starting then you can start being kind to yourself because you hear the stories in your head what you thought you were controlling in your life shifts to an empowerment yeah so control letting go of that control but you first have to understand what you're trying to control what control means then you can choose to let that go yeah but that comes with weathering the storm the seasons through it because sometimes you'll still want to cope and be like oh i need to control this because i feel like something's wrong and i don't feel good so but then you'll go through bouts of that and then you start to really make the mental shifts in your which is the biggest part Mm -hmm. when you become self-aware you you start seeing how you saw the world before through that Mm -hmm. filter Mm -hmm. before that filter you weren't even aware that was a filter and you just thought it was your reality. You exactly. Thought it was who you, were. you thought the voices in your head were you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's a concept that's hard for, at least it was hard for me to understand because it seemed like very Oprah or Eckhart Tolle, yeah. like, us, right? Like, oh, these spiritual leaders. That I'm like, yeah. what do you mean I'm not, not my, my thoughts? thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I read a new earth. Yeah. yeah. Like, the way that he speaks sometimes, you're just like, the hell are you talking about you know like i get it but also it's just like that seems so intangible yeah he's like the space in between who you think you are and you observing your thoughts that's who you are and i was like what <laughs> yeah what in <laughs> english please <laughs> <laughs> but then you actually go through these steps and you go through the journey you're sort of like oh shoot that i get it at that space and just just even if you can make that space from like you know, two seconds to five seconds yeah. to 10 seconds. That in itself is growth. That in yes. itself will help you shift that filter in your head and take, I want to say ownership of your life, but in a sense, like... Things to take responsibility take, yes, yeah. of yeah. yourself, of your thoughts, and of your just your being right. and your existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that what we talked about, like this introspection of like really understanding ourselves and our feelings, I think that's like, the really, really strong foundation that you can lay for yourself, right? That kind of moving forward, like, okay, what now that you know how you feel about things, like, what are you going to do about it? And like, I think that for each of us, like we've taken different journeys and paths and kind of steps into like owning what that means to us and like what kind of effect that we want to have. So after you kind of did that like self-reflection, like what were the first steps that you took? And I know like I always reference like the first video that you made with all the post-its because I just, I thought that was brilliant where you like laid out the timeline of your life and you're like, this is when I did this. And like, these are my feelings at this point in time. But I just, I remember watching that and I was like, wow, that's so brilliant to really get that like clear mindset of being yeah. like these are the actionable steps that I can take because I think a lot of people when they hear like the stories of struggle and kind of survival through that they really admire it but yeah. like how what do you do now with all these feelings and emotions that you are now becoming aware of yeah I think what Christine said just now is really important it really comes down to self-awareness mm. and then once you're more self-aware you can start doing things like one step at a time Mm -hmm. and I think that goes back to us being intense and wanting to be there when we're here and Mm -hmm. being so upset that we're not there already like sitting here and like crying yeah so it's just understanding that things really do take time and that it's okay I think that goes along with self-awareness and self-acceptance like if you really love yourself this is like a little tangent, but my friend was telling me, I'm, I'm very judgmental. I can be very judgmental because I see things very clearly. I see things easily. I pick up on things easily. So I, it's easy and quick for me to just like put my thoughts about this person or about this thing. Mm. Um, but my Same. friend was, yeah. yeah, but my friend was telling me, you know, the reason why we're so judgmental as people is because we don't accept ourselves. It's because we're judgmental of ourselves. Yeah. So we're projecting that. And I think... That, along with everything we just talked about, is really like being being aware of who you are, being aware of your thoughts, and knowing that things will take time and that change isn't going to happen overnight. Because everything that we've talked yeah. about, it's from middle school to high school mm-hmm. to college to like, you know, years after college, you know, like this is our journey is going to continue. Oh, it's yeah. going to continue to continue forever. Mm-hmm. And I die. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's such a, 
I think it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. when we're younger, it's like, oh my God, getting old sucks and like all these things and thoughts and feelings like what, like life. But now I'm like, dude, it's like, it's honestly such a beautiful thing to like be alive and to be able to just like breathe and like share yeah. you know, and have feelings. Yeah. I think like before I thought having feelings were, I don't know, like it, I thought it was like a bad thing or yeah. it might've been a weakness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But now I'm just like, no, like it's a great thing. And like mm-hmm. empathy, like it's awesome. Yeah. Um, it brings so much like depth and substance to something. Yeah. yeah. Something that as, as minute as I'm walking from my car into Regina's house to record, you take a moment and you're like, it's like the bees. <laughs> like flowers. There's flowers. There's butterflies that like almost attached to yeah. in the face. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, I think it's like these like daily things that we take for granted. And I think that like that is something that we don't really think about yeah. very, very often. And it like it takes a time for us to step back and be like, wow, for us to exist the chances of us existing and being able to live this life and the opportunities that we get. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a really, truly incredible thing. And And the fact that we get to sit here, record with its equipment, and talk about something that, you know, even, like, 10 years ago, we wouldn't, like, people are like, what the hell are you talking about? And I think that's the thing. Back then, when we were going through everything this podcast didn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, no one was really talking about the things that we're talking about now. Oprah was. In a in a more like but Oprah not felt accessible like, way. Yeah, like Oprah never felt tangible. I don't relate to her. But sometimes I'm just like it feels <sighs> distanced in a way yeah. because it was on TV versus yeah. I feel like now with YouTube and podcasts, like it feels more personal, I don't in a way. Yeah. To me at least. Yeah, no, I could I could understand that. I yeah. think it's like given context and knowledge, and this is just because <laughs> Season three of The Crown came back. (laughs) Watching something, which again, without something like this, you would have no context of it. And of course, I understand a lot of it is fictionalized maybe, but you see like even the queen, you can, she's like a human being, right? And I think that's the part where I, I've always loved kind of like history and looking at leaders or well-known figures that we grew mm-hmm. up admiring and just thinking that they're almost godlike in a way one of my favorite movies is lincoln i watched <laughs> that movie like five times already and it's just lincoln you think it's lincoln but you're like this man went through so much hell he also had depression his his kid died you know and his wife also at the time they put her in a mentalist institution like there's so much that he was trying to do you're like if someone like that if someone like the queen who probably suffered from imposter syndrome and you're like, she's a queen. she's like 93 right now. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> I like every time. I remember going back to London this past time when we did a tour of Buckingham Palace. And I was like, wow, this woman she's is like. She's been through a lot. She's been through a lot. <laughs> she's been through. She's outlived so many like prime ministers. She's outlived wars. Yes. Like she's been through so much. And I think that we have this idea where we project this image of perfection onto everyone else. And then we're like, why aren't we that? Exactly. That's when the voice is in our head. You're like, well, that person's doing that. And like that person has this many followers. They get this minute, you know like well, all those voices and i think that was what contributes to the growth versus fixed mindset yeah. because you're like oh she's born to be queen therefore she has it yeah. you know and i'm never gonna be like that so and like therefore i'm already let like you yeah. already think of yourself in like a lesser mindset yeah. without even really putting in that effort of like what that actually means and that's what i mean by like the filter and the seed of that intention because if you go into this world thinking like i'm never gonna be like that then everything that you put out has then you will never be like that exactly exactly and then then you go back and you question why am i not like that you know and i think this is where like the next step right like now that you've done the inner work you've looked inward you've learned to let go and you're trying to let go what's next i think this is what's next Mm -hmm. of you need to really know shit i just lost my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) what did you say what did you just say (laughs) let's do this over (laughs) start from one (laughs) what did i just say um no, so the next step is to... You said to look inward, to get to know you're, yourself, you're self-awareness. Is that you're talking about the seat of intention? Seat of intention. The and queen! The queen! Lincoln. And Lincoln! Oh Fixed versus goodness. growth mindset? Yeah. Oh, like, oh, because you're talking about if you never think, um, if you never think you're going to do it, then you're never going to do it. Yeah. yeah. So like, or, the intention, yeah, yeah, yeah. the seat of the... Yeah, 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 self, yeah, yeah. Self-awareness is important, da 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 And... <laughs> <laughs> People do not see. Yeah. Oh, no. um, I no. have it. I have it. Okay. 
if you know who you are and if you know what you want, even though if it's going to be an ongoing process, that sets a very, very clear foundation for you for you to be able to project that to your North Star. Yes. And I think that is the what's next after you do all the self reflection mm-hmm. and all the letting go mm-hmm. yes right. and that's where the empowerment lives yeah. from because the things that used to sway you back and forth no longer do that yeah. because you know your core you know your truth and that's what we're talking about where it's like mm-hmm. when you know it you know it but that doesn't mean that you don't you still don't have doubts yeah. about certain things yeah. because it's the execution mm-hmm. the execution is always something that i'm learning now through my life coaching journey that that's the part where you as a human being adjust yeah. you know like doesn't mean that you failed you just adjust you just learn like okay if that didn't work then i try this maybe that doesn't work either then i try that that doesn't mean that you're a failure that actually means that you're learning mm-hmm. you're pivoting mm-hmm. in yes. like tech terms is like the best thing to do yeah and i think that's why if you have such a solid north star it's like it's gonna get cloudy some days it's gonna rain some days you're gonna be lost in a forest some days but like that's okay because it's there Ooh, and as long as <laughs> as long as the star is in the sky and you see even a glimpse of it or in your heart you know where it is you're gonna do everything in your power to make sure you realize that star right right and i think that's where that's where it comes from if people are asking like when do i stop or when do i keep going or how do i know it's if you know this is something you must do like for me because i went through such dark times i felt so 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 alone in my life that i was like i never want to wish this upon anyone else so it's like if i had the privilege of going through like the dark times and if if i came out of it then to me it's like it's my responsibility and it's something that I want to be able to share and help other people with. And because Mm -hmm. that was my starting point, you know, starting YouTube ain't easy, dude. You know, like putting your life out in the world is not easy, man. But because I was so like, I knew why I was doing it and it was such a clear goal that it's like, I'm not doing this for myself. Mm. You know, like if I, if I were doing things for myself, I'd be in a cave just like happily staying with my family you know just hang out with my parents all day and like live a very quiet life but I think because I really wanted to share you know what I went through and how I became okay and to share with people that like you know for me like yeah I found spirituality I found myself but you know no matter what your equation is it's not going to be mine Mm -hmm. but I just want to share with you guys like it's possible because someone like me and someone like us we've went through something like that and I think it's with that north North Star. <laughs> it's North with Star. that North Star that's like help that help that keeps me going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In times of doubt or questioning or like, dude, the first year and a half of YouTube was like it was so hard. Mm-hmm. It's like views weren't that high. And it's like, hard to stay motivated doing. when yeah. you're like, oh, do people care? Like, do people want no to even know? Like, yeah. what, what is what is again? What this is the is point of all of this? My mom. Yeah. <laughs> you go back into like your high school days where you're walking, yeah. down, eating at ASB room. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I, like ev- everything that you said is so true, which is why we say the root of all that is telling your story, knowing your story. And yeah. a lot of times, where we get questions from young people, when I say young, and it's all of us, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's like I don't know. Well, yeah, because your story is still being written. Your yeah. story, you're still going through these experiences. So your why, your northern star, is most of the time if not always a personal story it comes from that's where the deep feelings come from from if so when you talk about it it comes from a true place versus you trying to imitate something that you have no idea what you're talking about Mm -hmm. so people can tell right away yes that's why vulnerability honesty that is the key that is the key to knowing your story because if you can't be true honest and vulnerable with yourself there's no way you can be vulnerable with other people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's why we say what we say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picking up on Rowena's, like, when she goes yeah, into her, her accent. <laughs> she starts like, you notice, she's always like, I don't, what do you mean? <laughs> it's so, so true. And I feel like in everything that we do now that we have this better sense of clarity and, again, not that we don't have bad days, but I think that we do have that intention of, like, we're not doing this for us. That we see the greater good of what we feel like we wish we had when we were growing up. Like oh, when yeah. we were 19 and going through that shit. <laughs> like, just kind of going through the emotions and not really knowing what to do with it and thinking we were the only ones in the world who had these emotions. Like, that still goes into play in, like, why we want to create this content that we're creating. Like, 
we want people to feel less alone. We want people to feel understood and feel normal. Like I think that I always tried to blend myself in with everyone else that I didn't even know who I was anymore. And I didn't know what I stood for versus what other people stood for. And so kind of being able to reference that North Star and being like, this is the reason why I do it. It's not for the views or the likes or whatever or that external validation it's just for that just human connection like for me it's always been about that human connection and I know that this podcast and whatever hopefully I'm able to do in the future like it's just a vehicle to kind of bridge that human connection yeah I love that yes 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 yeah I think it's everything that you guys have said and where it's brought you guys to there's a reason why and there's a reason why it's during this time because there's a platform for you guys to share that with so that they're not only young girls, but everyone that they don't have to go through what we went through, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And even if you do, that's okay. Or maybe, yeah. I, I think if anything, it's they should. Not to the extent that we went through, but I think <laughs> everyone should go through something because you need to kind yeah. of... That rocks their world. Because yeah. what I go through, what what I consider going through something is going to be very different from, you know, even though we went through similar things, yeah, yeah. it was also very, very different, different yeah. right? And sometimes it might be more intense, sometimes it might not be, but I think the importance of going through something and weathering storms and learning how to go through things is so that you come out of it a much stronger and more aware, intentional person. Mm-hmm. And resilient. Yeah. 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 I think what I meant was you don't have to go through it alone. Oh, yeah. 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 I think yeah, that's yeah. the part where... I was... I've made myself go through it alone yeah, yeah. i yeah. think that it's it feels easier it yeah. feels it also it feels like a burden right yeah. when you're like telling other people about your problems and be like come on whoa with me like <laughs> <Hello>? feel <laughs> my feelings with me you know it's also it can be embarrassing yeah yeah, yeah. From what the stories that we tell ourselves about yeah. what it means to like not get the promotion or you mm-hmm. know feel like you're failing at something that you really cared about mm-hmm. especially when and i think for us it's like going against the status quo of doing what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and then trying to pave that path and trying to prove it to other people who are telling you what are you doing and you're mm-hmm. like I don't know but I don't want to do what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> so it's you like, don't look happy yeah. <laughs> I want to be happy <laughs> but yeah I think you know everything that you guys are saying is it's encouraging for other people to know that you're on your way what always sticks with me is this video have you seen this video with Jim Carrey where he's now at a point where he's been really depressed he's been really successful and one of his quotes is like oh i wish everyone could be obtain the level of success that i did with the money because you realize the answers aren't there yeah Yeah. and then so he has this really great quote where it's like depression is just your body and your mind saying that you need rest Mm. you know and that you are tired of being this avatar of a person so that's something that really clicked with me and he also said that you know with things that come and go like like their feelings and even when we're talking about like you know politics and trump and all these like really big situations not to take away from the sensitivity of the real situations that are happening but it's like it's like like the weather it comes and goes and racism i know it's real and discrimination and all that but it's like it's really just the pigmentation of our skin you know, and that's just something that we push so much weight on. And what is the difference between you and me? But really, it's like we're all the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's we're just human. And yeah. and just when we get to that level of just like, <sighs> some days are good, some days are not great. You know, it's just the weather that passes around and swirls through this earth. It's just like that's just what it is. And I, if I'm gonna choose to live the life that I want, I want to choose it with meaning and something that is true to me. Versus pretending to be something that I think I should be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also leading yourself and your life with light and positivity. Yeah. Because with the political landscape, I don't, Oof. you know, depend, it doesn't matter what side you're on, doesn't matter who you support or who you don't support. I feel like at the end of the day, it's like everyone is so angry. Yeah. And it's like, I get it, but like, anger sure it can fuel you to do things but the result you get from a starting point of anger will be so different from the result you get out of something that comes out with empathy and dialogue and like trying to understand because there's peace yeah mm-hmm. there's peace it speaks really true to what Eckhart Tolle says about pain bodies right yeah and that vibration so when you yourself are hurting you vibrate at that level yeah. so when you meet somebody with that same similar vibration of you pain guys, body it clashes yeah. 
Exactly. So really, essentially, all this like anger and frustration that we have towards each other are just expressions of our pain bodies responding yeah. to one another. Yeah. Yeah. And then fuels one. It fuels yeah. it because yeah. what ends up from pain body to pain body, it's just more pain. It's massive embodiment of pain yeah. <laughs> that's being projected to everything and everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And that's why Regina and I were talking about earlier, where it's like. When you're able to distinguish the stories in your head, in the moment, you can be like, okay, my mom is saying this to me in a very like abrasive way, but I know the story that I'm telling myself is that she thinks that I'm not good enough. She thinks that I don't know how to be an adult. I'm whatever, irresponsible, but that's the story I'm telling myself. So I can choose not to take it that way. Even if she means that way, yeah, I could choose not to take it that way yeah. mm-hmm. because my response will be different then. Because I was just telling Regina the example was my mom wanted to give me something and then she was but then the way that she was saying that she was going to gift it to me was just like well I don't want to just give you money because you just spend it on like stuff like doing your hair and spending all that money on that and I was just like oh excuse you my hair is fabulous <laughs> um, and I, like I heard myself resorting back to my old self of yeah. just taking offense to it you know and the stories I will say my first immediate response is still my go-to, which is like, I'm defensive. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, this is what I do for, for me and all that. Then I realized in that moment, okay, what, how am I interpreting this? So then I was able to stop myself and be like, mom, oh, I really appreciate it. Like, I, I knew at the heart of it, she just wanted to gift me something, you know? <laughs> she wanted to like still take care of me as a mother. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was interpreting that as the old self of my exactly my projection of my yeah. insecurity mm-hmm. yeah and then so when i was able to just be like no i understand for myself that she loves me this is how she's showing me her love mm-hmm. and i was able to communicate it to her her level of intensity calmed down mm-hmm. and was like i just you know want to make sure that yeah you know, you're taking she's and then yeah it's a total different result it, that's the thing about like mother-daughter relationships too when you fight fire with fire the whole house is just burning down yeah. and the dads really. are like oh <laughs> what to do what to do what to do and i mean i totally relate with christine on a lot of that stuff because like i love my mom and i think we do have a like that fundamental like getting along because we're so similar but like Ooh, when we are with the, <laughs> too similar yeah, yeah when we're too similar that fieriness like just burns yeah. and i think that we know how to like pinpoint each other and those like point you know what buttons to press yeah, yeah. exactly so unintentionally too it. like it's just like it just comes innately where we're like well you did what <laughs> yeah and and again it's a reflection on us and our insecurities and yeah. how we feel about ourselves and like when other people make us feel bad sometimes we're like well we just want to make you feel bad too. yeah but when we understand that our clarity is like no i you know in a mother-daughter relationship it's like i love you you're my mother i respect you and vice versa yeah. and in friendships it's the same like you have that understanding of like okay okay, this is not our intention to just tick jabs at each other. It's that we want to help each other grow. Like right now, my mom helping me with my clothing line, she's basically my translator. Mm. The factories that we're working with are in Chinese. And like we get, oh, we get like hit, like right in each other's faces about things where she's like, why didn't you do this? And I'm like, well, you should have done that. And at the end of the day, it's like she just wants me to succeed and she wants the best for me. And so it's like really being able to be like, okay, let me take a step back, understand where I'm coming from, and try to understand where she's coming from. Because yeah. most of the times, the negative things that we tell ourselves is not actually in the situation that's going on. No. no and when no. we have that clarity of like, okay, well, this is my intention. This is who I am. This is actually what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm not this super irritable and like yeah. angry person. Yeah. Then, then you get a sense of clarity and like a more like you are able to calm yourself down yeah. and just really like yeah. See, go this is it. we're talking about with the Northern Star, the why, because the core of you knows that. Like yeah. in the stories that you're telling yourself that you're being triggered about, your old self is telling yourself you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. But then if you know in yourself your truth, it's like that do- that doesn't define me as if I'm smart yeah. or not. I know I'm capable. Yeah. Whether someone says that or whether this situation seems to point in that way, you have this, you practice your self-kindness, right? You're yeah. like, I'm also learning. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving myself the time to learn that. That doesn't mean that I'm not smart or I'm dumb. Yeah. And maybe sometimes I just don't get it and that's okay. You know? <laughs> it's completely fine. So Self-acceptance. I think, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's kind of like what 
Rowena, you were saying earlier too about how you were like, oh, my brother's very book smart, but I'm very empathetic. Yeah. And like being able to find your own strengths and acknowledging that I think is so important because in note, getting to know yourself, it's not only just like understanding your emotions, but like being able to admit and openly say like, hey, I'm actually good at this. Because yeah. I think, again, with our upbringing where we're just taught like never boast, never be prideful, never be blah, blah, blah. We also lose a sense of like what we're actually capable of. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, I hate job interviews because I never knew what to say. Like, how do I say I'm great at all these things? You know what things? I just realized? What yeah. Exactly what you said. Never boast. Never, like, talk too highly of yourselves. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, they expect us to be that. Yes. Like, but we can't talk about it. Yeah. Right? So it's just like, yeah. wait, what, what, what do I do? What do you want? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. No, but I mean, like, all of that. All of what we just talked about. Well, which is why, like... In Asian culture, you do and you don't say. You let yeah. your actions prove yeah. and speak for you. Yeah. And then you let other people say and then, it for and then, you. Yeah, and then your mom can say it for you. Yeah. But you have yeah. to get to a point where it's undeniable, right? Yeah. You're like yeah. Jeremy Lin. Yeah. <laughs> In the NBA, and Harvard, and like... Christian oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love languages. Yeah. I think, okay, for me, the thing that helped most was understanding that my mom's nagging and that whatever it is that just frustrates and furious me about what my mother does or says it's she just really loves me yeah and the way that she (laughs) the way that she says it may be nagging and the things that she does i might not agree with but at the core it's like she loves me so much that she wants the best of me yeah you know and even like this morning she was just telling me just like nagging these little things you know and i was like why? Like, why? Like, I just came out. Just let me be. But it was, it was in my head, right? Yeah. But then I caught myself. I was like, dude, your mom didn't do anything. Yeah. She just wants you to eat or, like, she's just asking you questions because yeah. she hasn't seen you in so long. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like, why do you just ask me so many questions? I just came home from New York and I'm, I already think about work all the time. You want to know more? But then it's like, no, my mom's just trying to be, you know, a good yeah. friend. Yeah. She yeah. yeah. wants to know what your daughter's friend. doing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I th- that's the part where, like, when I started to go through this, I would be like, "Why aren't you?" Especially being a life coach, I'm like, "You should not be triggered," you know. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Okay, it's it's a process. It's a yeah, practice. Process. Yeah, it takes what time. Do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> it takes time. It takes time, but." As long as you're acknowledging it and taking the steps to not just fight fire with fire, things self awareness. Yeah, self awareness, self awareness, and self kindness. You know, we have this again understanding of one another and the experiences that we've had, and I'm so grateful to be like walking this journey with you guys too. (laughs) (laughs) To be able to talk about topics like this so openly and vulnerably, and thank you, Rowena, for just sharing yourself so like openly with everyone because I don't think you understand like how much it helps other people like it truly does and we're really grateful for you spending this uh afternoon slash morning with us today thank you so much for having me no I like know that your why and your northern star is the legacy that you're leaving behind Mm -hmm. you know and I think it only makes this world greater so whatever we can do to help support that in any way, even if it's just complaining about our mothers, <laughs> we are so Which down. we can spend <laughs> much time doing. Yeah. yeah. So inspired and so proud that we have an Apache that's, you yes. know, like... Oh man, I haven't heard thing, that word in so right? long. Apache. I know. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you? Everywhere. Just Rowena Tsai. We'll make sure to link everything in the description box below. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. If this episode meant something to you or you feel like you have a friend who could also hear this message, feel free to pass along this episode. Bye! Bye. Bye. <laughs>